California Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast. That's right, Pantloads. It's Keeping <laughs> Up with the Coens in between seasons two and three. Bonus shit. My name is Ryan Drake and I am joined, as always, by my best friends. I am speaking, of course, to uh, the, the clap master all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> It is Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea. How are you? Hi. Just to clarify, I've never had chlamydia before. <laughs> chlamydia. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Yeah, I don't even think news. I've said that word out loud before, so I kind of stumbled over it. This is the first time we've talked in like two months, so this is great. We're already we're already <laughs> fucking up. I love it. Uh, also joining us all the way from beautifully warm Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, is future father of the year daddy dylan oh, welcome baby. back to the show daddy dylan hey son uh daughter it is so guys it is so hot in my house right now i am drinking a warm gatorade and it's it's just so relaxing but as ryan told you um that's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a spoiler for our fourth season um just to make things as dramatic as possible at some point during the fourth season of the show my wife is going to give birth to our first child oh my um, god mazel tov. And we uh, we found out that uh, it is going to be a princess sparkle. We're going to be having a uh, a little girl, so I get to buy one of those girl dad shirts. Um, mm. I'm pretty excited about that. But uh, I'm trying on a new persona. Um, you've heard of Dylan. You've heard new Dylan. You've heard new 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 Dylan. I'm going to be Dad Dylan from now on, um, which is dad pretty Dylan. much the same, except I have a child. So this is going to be uh, just crying in the background of all our season four episodes. Yes, yes, and. Um, and just being tired all the time, dad well, stuff. I, so I have, I like I said earlier, I have some like for, I have some audio on my computer from like episodes when we recorded in season two, of just various things that never made it into the show. And one of them, which is my text message tone now, is Chelsea saying "fuck, fuck, fuck" over and over again, which I love. <laughs> uh, I think it was because you you shut down our Zoom call when you thought you were ending the audio. Yeah, like it was like it was like the episode's done. Bye, everyone. And then I just like turned off the computer. Yeah, like we were about to like we were about to have like a post game breakdown, and the this, the Zoom just disappeared. And Dylan and I were yeah. like, "Wow, Chelsea truly hates us." She immediately got out of here. But then on the audio on your end, the audio is you going, "Oh fuck." <laughs> oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh my god, I meant to hit stop recording. Also, I have audio of Dylan telling us, I think when we recorded our season two finale, that you were going to be a dad. And that's us going, oh my God, I felt like an asshole because I just said something really mean to you. I want to hear that audio for 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 a couple of reasons. Um, first, because I uh, it'll show the listeners that we actually are all friends. Mm. Uh, and, and, and two, it'll also show the listeners my absolute dunk that I got on uh, on, on you. <laughs> Um, using my using my child as as a dunk, which I will Too probably frequently. start start yeah. doing a whole yeah, lot. Yeah. Absolutely. The the quote unquote stupid shit that I wanted to say was that I'm going to be a dad in December. Whoa! No! Yeah. Wow! Oh my yeah. You had I, uh, sex? Yeah. Uh, we've we've only done it once, and That's I'm one awesome. for one. Thanks, man. I. <laughs> I wanted to tell you all oh my so gosh, bad. I'm so happy. So I'm only telling really close friends right now, and so, I wanted to text oh. you all, but I was like, no, I'm going to tell them on Monday. When did you um, find out? 
we found out so well we've known since like like early april um she's 11 weeks now uh we went to the ultrasound a couple weeks ago and it's like everyone's like oh it's so surreal when you see it and i was like yeah whatever but then i saw it and i was like that thing is moving it's alive and oh my god this is wild it's it's weird. It's insane. Oh my but, God. That's so exciting. Also, you the, and Leslie are going to be such a good parent. If you ever wanted to know, now it's like in retrospect, those nights where I was kind of like a little bit off or not knowing what's going on, it's because that's, I'm that's dealing with the night. fact that, yeah, more so now. Mm. Um, but dude, we're so excited. And I was so tempted to just drop it on the podcast, but I'm trying to be a new person since I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to be Dad Dylan um, <laughs> since... Since I have God, so you are much... the most dad person I've ever met. Yeah, this is so. I think, I think this but that's not why we're here. We're, I mean, we are here to talk about Dylan's child for one minute. Dylan, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no, that that's it. She's she's great. I already like her. Perfect. Wait, what's her? Do you, do you guys have a name yet? Ryan Drake Jr. Um, we it it, it was it was going to be Ryan Drake Jr. But mm-hmm. because it's a girl, I've got to mm-hmm. say it's going to be uh, Rihanna. Of course, um, gotcha. <laughs> so. No, we, we have a couple in the back pocket, but we're going to do that thing that some weird parents do where they, they have like five names picked out. And then when the baby, I guess, emerges into the world, we're going to be like, hmm, you look like a Drake. You look like a Chlamydia. But all or, of or them something. are Drake. Uh, all the names all, are Drake. Yeah. All of them are variations on Drake with just yeah. different spellings. The yeah, like one D-R-A-Y-K-E. That's right. <laughs> But the real reason we're here is, uh, of course, to to talk about MTV, because that's what this show is. Uh, but also, we want to say that the OC stuff is is coming back. We're coming back for, for season three, with or without Dylan, preferably <laughs> without. <laughs> we're coming back, officially, season three premieres August 18th, 2021. What if I was like, 2029? Yep, no, August 18th, 2021, which, by the way... Is my birthday and my dad's birthday, and it's one day before Sandy Cohen's birthday. I mean, Peter Gallagher. Is that true? Yeah. Wait, you, Peter Gallagher. Wait, your dad and I have the same birthday. Yeah. That's really weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you were both born on on August eighteenth, nineteen sixty one. I was gonna say. I was gonna say when we both love to just hate you. <laughs> yeah. You guys hate me so good. It's our favorite thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, August eighteenth. Do it for do it for me or do it for Dylan's dad. Do it for one of us. Um, we'll be back season three, episodes one and two. I like the two episode format. That's good. We'll mm-hmm. re-record an intro by then, I think, hopefully. <laughs> um, we'll figure that part out. <laughs> but today, because we spent so much time in season two going down these rabbit holes of of MTV culture, um, the mid, the early to mid-2000s MTV specifically, maybe even a little late 90s, um, it's something that we're all very passionate about i would say that we're experts to be honest mm-hmm. yeah. so we, we wanted it. we wanted to discuss today we want to discuss like the music of that time like the trlness of it all even some of the actual tv shows that didn't have anything to do with music we're going to get into all of that today chelsea you it was your idea it was a great idea for us to have our own little personal trl where each pick we each pick like five kind of songs you said songs i did cheat on this and i chose five kind of moments of, of time um but we're, we're doing our own little personal countdowns here. Um, so did you want to explain a little bit more about that? Um, well, we were kind of deciding, do we want to be really strict? Do we want to just say it's our high school years or just the years that the OC aired? Or do we want to kind of just 
be loosey-goosey? Do we want to make it songs that made it to TRL's number one? And we decided to just go freeform. So I, whenever I was choosing my top five, um, I feel like I filled it with kind of like disruptive videos. So ones that kind of, um, I guess, helped ring in a new era or just do something unique that stood out to me. Okay. And um, interesting. I don't know. Well, we'll kind of get into it as, as I talk about them. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say that they are the absolute most influential videos of all time in MTV. I mean, I'm not a VH1 countdown specialist or anything like that. But these all really stood out to me. I, I think the top years that I watched TRL were probably my sixth through ninth grade years. What about you all? Which would have been what years, though? Like 2000? Um, I think it would have been years 2001 through 2004, maybe. Yeah, we were in... Interesting. Chelsea, you were 07, right? Yes. Yeah, so we were in... This is so messed up. This is something... If you're a Gen Z listener, this is how we measure time. I measure everything based on where I was on 9-11, yeah. No, okay, I'm glad that you brought us yeah. up. I'm sorry to interrupt you already, which is yeah, what I, I do. That too. But I just wanted to quickly <laughs> say that I have this, like, it's not a theory. It's just kind of how I feel that, like, the late 90s were its own just insane time period. Like, mm-hmm. everything was heightened. I think we even talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, or whatever that was, whenever we recorded that um, episode about Trey and Marissa, when I was like, everything in the late 90s was, like, balls to the wall, energy, tits, mm-hmm pro wrestling like that you know what i mean yeah. like it was very yeah. masculine um but then that kind of carried into 2000 and i really do feel like and i'm not this is not a joke i feel like 9-11 was kind of the end of the 90s mm-hmm. like it really no, I totally agree like it changed like everything changed yeah. so i was aware like i watched trl into like 98 99 2000 into 2001 and it became a very, like culture just changed so much yeah. after that Obviously, a lot of other things changed, but like as far as what we're talking about, that changed so much. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan, how did you pick your top five? So, so I stuck specifically to what I would have been listening to or watching um, around the time I was watching the OC. So, what I did is I took that chunk of time from 2003 to 2007, and I picked five music videos um, because I loved and still love music videos Mm -hmm. and so much of that trl experience for me was just i don't know if y'all i mean i'm sure you do remember this where they would like premiere a video for the very first time like before we were all youtube mavens and doing all that stuff but like one of mine on here i saw for the very first time when it premiered on uh trl and i just it's just such a time and place thing and so i picked five music videos from 2003 to 2007. Yeah, I think it was so interesting how much the MTV ecosystem like was running shit back then. Like they yeah. were the TikTok of of the late er, 90s early 2000s as far as like making hits. Um, you could watch I mean they created a show called Making the Video. And on mm. making the video, it would show bands or artists making their music video and at the end of that episode the video would world premiere for the first time ever on this television show and the next day that video would be in the top three of trl i don't know if you all saw this but i discovered this channel on the fourth of july i uh so we got youtube tv and i'm obsessed with it now Mm. and there is an mtv channel it's not mtv2 it's just some other mtv channel mtv hits i think it is mtv hits it played nothing but 90s late 90s early 90s music videos all day on the fourth of july and it made me so happy. Yeah. Like, 
those those are so good. They have like the glossy lens and everything, and oh my god, the puffy hair. It was so great. That's how I, I feel about the, the series. Like Sirius has like Pop 2K, and then they have the 90s channel, and they oh, blur yeah. it together, and it's wonderful. Also, MTV Hits is on uh, that free that free streaming service that is ma- that is amazing. Um, Ooh. Fuck, what's it called? It's the one that has like every channel. Like every MTV show has its own channel. There's a Teen Mom channel. There's a Challenge channel. What? Have you not? It's Pluto. Pluto TV. It's amazing. Okay, Ooh. I've never heard of this. It's but completely now we can free. You don't, have, you don't have to bake Ooh. an account. You just log into Pluto. You just log on to Pluto TV, and it's it's you. There's so much stuff on there. There's like 12 VH1 channels, 12 MTV channels. It's wonderful. Oh, okay, because okay. I've been dying to. <laughs> speaking of. I've been dying to rewatch the VH1 countdowns. I lived for that stuff, and I really think it helped our pop culture literacy. Like, I felt like I knew all about the 70s and the 80s because I watched those shows. Behind the Music did a lot for me on VH1 as far as, like, learning about music history. And those, I was into... Pop-up video? Yeah, I love those. We're going to get into some some of the MTV shows that had that similar vibe, but... um, the, the VH1 countdown was kind of the precursor to TRL because that's what I used to watch like with my mom mm-hmm. when I was younger, and I just remember mm-hmm. seeing like Sugar Ray and the Wallflowers and like all those bands are always popping up on there. By the way, Wallflowers playing Oklahoma City August twenty first. Five dollar tickets. By Five the way, it's the same night tickets. as my birthday party. I will be there first before my party. It's gonna be crazy. Chelsea, you should come Dang. if you're gonna be there for that. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm excited. I like the Wallflowers. I can Five? only know one song by them. Is it one like, headlight? I know like yeah, three. One headlight. <laughs> um. So the other thing I think was kind of a cool, uh, I guess, byproduct of TRL is that it did introduce you to music that you wouldn't otherwise listen to. Mm-hmm. Um. There was such a long era of like. I don't even know what to call it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like that rock and roll that was kind of like Hoobastank and live and <laughs> Hoobastank also. Hoobastank is doing the same $5 concert this weekend, and I will also be there. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> a $5 concert. That's amazing. That, the quote-unquote you know, alternative rock. Yeah, like that was... But it was an alternative, though. It was like yeah. very, very... It was a very particular per, uh, type of white person who loved that music. I mean, that was when we had, like, Creed and Nickelback and, like, all those bands yeah. were popping up. Yeah, but, um, Creed and... I guess... I don't know why I listed Breaking all those bands Benjamin. instead of, like, Nickelback and Creed were obviously the biggest poster people. I think so I that, blocked that, both of them out of my memory. like, weirdly its own kind of genre of music that I think MTV did fuck with a little bit. Like, some of those bands made it on to TRL. Lifehouse... So I strongly feel, I don't really know why people hate Nickelback so much. And I'm not saying that I love Nickelback, but I just have no ill will towards them. So it was like they were kind of unfairly memed. They're the Star Wars episode one of bands. They're, they got too, the hate went too far. Yeah, Wait, I, went I, way too far. Like, I, I am, I am yeah. very neutral about how I feel about them. If anything, I'm kind of endeared. Also, do you guys remember that, so this was an early Creed music video. They made a video for a song called, I think it was called What If? And it was for the Scream soundtrack. Oh. And it's a fucking great song. It's really good. It's a great Creed song. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Creed. Um, that'll be a separate podcast. Welcome to Creedcast. Well, but it was before Nickelback and Creed. Like, I, w- I was going deep because I was trying to remember, like, what were the first songs that I can remember seeing on there? And um, two of the songs that popped up were... Um, Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh, yes. And Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. I don't even know what genre you'd put those in, but like that's not something that I would ever pull up on uh, Spotify, and then it probably wouldn't pull up in like you know top forty or whatever I was listening to I if I were uh, in sixth grade. And it was cool that we got exposure to that kind of music. I don't know. I I actually still 
listen to movies by Alien Ant Farm. Literally what I was just about to say is that Alien Ant Farm is considered a one-hit wonder, but movies is a jam. It's oh. on my running playlist. Dude, it's it absolutely slaps. Mm-hmm. And he has a he ha, that dude, I forgot what the lead singer's name is. That guy has a lot of teeth. I feel like he has more teeth than you're <laughs> supposed to have in your head. I just like there was like a little kid in scrubs that was dancing to Smooth Criminal. I remember that imagery very vividly. Mm-hmm. DJ AM was in um Crazy Town. RIP. Miss you every day. Uh, he was? Yeah, he was. What was he? He was like a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was the he was their morning DJ. Well, that I song, didn't know that a band needed a DJ. I don't know anything about uh, this. Biscuit has Link, a DJ. Lincoln Park, hello. Yeah. See? DJ DJ Lethal. Since we're since we're on this topic that we're kind of getting into this territory, I want to go ahead and can I I'll just start with like one I can go first with my top 5 if you guys want. Yeah, yeah, you go um, first. So, this is like I like I said some of these are songs, some of these are just moments that I wanted to get into, but the first one that I was given at number five, I couldn't put him higher than number five. Is like, could we just talk for a minute about Kid Rock? Oh, oh okay, yeah, because yeah. I legitimately enjoyed his music until he kind of went weirdo maga on us. There was a time when I was a child before I got into the music that I really got into, but like he was one of my first favorite artists. Like when Devil Without a Cause me, came me out, too. oh yeah, yes. Bawa Bawa was incredibly my shit. Kid Rock was so cool. And literally, uh, only literally, God knows why was such a was such a good song too. I'm so Soulful. glad you brought that up. It was the first auto tune jam I'd heard, and it still goes like only God knows why holds up as an actually pretty good song, as opposed to songs like Bawa to Ba and or Cowboy, <laughs> which oh, uh, Cowboy that piano breakdown in Cowboy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but Kid Rock to me, yeah, that was, a was good so cool. Like, he was on MTV all the time. I mean, he rode that wave as hard as he could. With, with the beaver hat and Ben Davis slacks. Oh, Who yeah. else can rap that, man? I Go actually ahead. have a bizarre Kid Rock story. Please. So yep. Kid Rock grew up in Romeo, Michigan, and lived kind of in the Detroit area outside Detroit when he was growing up. And my uncle's parents live next door to his parents right now outside of Detroit. And they have for a long time. And so when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, I think I think fifth grade, honestly, my I agree, guys. Ryan has an amazing bark. Did you hear that? I um, give me going. Kid Rock gets me gets me hyped. So, so so when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, my uncle, um, unbeknownst to my parents, bought me an unedited copy of Devil Without a Cause. Hell yeah! And not like this. This album, I feel like everyone's kind of desensitized because of like shock culture at this point. But I want you to imagine in like what 1999 or 2000 mm-hmm. or whenever it was, being in fifth grade, sixth grade, opening up a CD that had the word devil on the front and the inside, the artwork on the actual CD is just him holding up a middle finger. And then you put on that album, and it's just like I heard words that I didn't know existed. Dude, can I tell you? I we I as a kind of a joke gift, but kind of not as a joke gift. I got that record this last Christmas on vinyl. Dude, and we gave it, <laughs> we awesome. gave it, a, we gave it a spin. And like I used to know every word of that album. I listened to it so yeah. many times. But like we gave it a spin around the holidays, and oh my god, I was like, this. First of all, this record does not hold up. But some of the shit that he says on this album is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, like there's some wild stuff. Like my friends and I now have like a like a friend group meme of a lyric card from one of his songs where he talks about being in a jacuzzi with two girls. And I swear to God, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say Dylan's parents, close your ears because he, <laughs> yeah, literally, fine now. he literally has a line where he talks. He says, I got a whirlpool, don't even ask. Licking pussy underwater, shooting bubbles up your ass. I'm so 
and I was just like, Kid Rock, a fuck, he's a poet, my man. Rob, but yeah. Rob Ritchie, all right, oh, that's his real wow. name. Wow, uh, yeah, yeah. G- Gary K. Wood, if you're listening, hello. He Sorry about your parents. wrote, um, he he, or he got that same CD too, and he would play it for us when we would drove around in the car. He'd either play that or Millie Vanilli, which are two very different vibes. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that only God knows why. I mean, I feel like it kind of you know, like spoke to him in a moment that he needed to. It was a very kind of raw and earnest song and different. And then a few years later, uh, Kid Rock did that duet with Cheryl, Cheryl Crow, Crow, which was, that was so good. super cool. And then that, his last great work was that um, Werewolves of London yeah. sample. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I wrote um, about that song. It was a banger. It was great. <laughs> I'm just, I'm now just sitting here thinking about Trying to find myself. No, try, like thinking about all of these Kid Rock songs. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there one where the where the opening lyrics were black chick, white, white guy, guy does, does it, it mean, mean shit, shit maybe. maybe. <laughs> black chick, white guy, does it mean shit, maybe. <laughs> that song, when it came on at my house around the holidays with my roommate, he'd never heard it before. And he was blown away by this song. Yeah. It's like an eight minute, like homer poem or something it's like insanity it's, yeah it's it's his tane it's his kendrick lamar it's his, it's his eight minute song anyway um we're already spending too much time on kid rock but so he was just, <laughs> just such like a, he was like such an iconic moment was mm-hmm. kid rock bawa to cowboy i actually saw for pride a couple weeks ago i saw a, a drag queen do a performance to cowboy and I was oh like, it's perfect. Gosh. Like the Cowboys kind of having a moment. Like it's still a very, with the rise of like this alt country shit, I feel like Cowboy oh, is yeah. kind of back in the zeitgeist a little bit. Um, I would love to know what he thought about Cowboy being played by a drag queen at Pride. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's very upset by this. Um, okay. Do we do we want to each do one? Do we do one on one or do you want me to do my five and then we move on to someone else? Ooh. Let, why don't I just go around the around the uh, the, yeah, the, the, the let's go around. Okay, so so memorable top uh, TRL pod. I, I guess I wrote down songs. I wrote down some memorable moments too. So maybe I'll kind of mix them in. Um, let's move on and let's talk about the um, awesome pop punk era that we got. I'm talking yes. Good Charlotte, Some Forty One, yes. Newfound Glory. You're gonna bleed into one of my songs, but okay. Probably well, no, mine we'll, too. no, we'll blend them. It's great. This will okay. be a shared discussion. But um, <laughs> the two in that era that really stuck out to me was um, Good Charlotte's The Anthem and Sum 41's Fat Lip. Oh, and yeah. Sum 41's Fat Lip particularly, I feel, I feel, I mean, everyone knew Good Charlotte was kind of soft. Um, Sum 41 <laughs> was willing to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like, I love Good Charlotte. I love Good I mean, Charlotte. I went, I went through an era where I like bought some clothes at Hot Topic, and I'd like wear band T-shirts and like black eyeliner. My parents didn't let me paint me my nails black, but like now I like to. I don't know why. I guess I still have some r- rebellious tendencies I need to get out of my system. <laughs> but I remembered in the Fat Lip video, they they take it and they're inside of a half pipe, which is pretty cool. But they like shaved a woman's head, and I remember just being like. <gasps> That is so hardcore. I feel a little uncomfortable watching this. Like, do, do you guys remember those feelings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can. I Yeah, I want to speak. So first of all, Good Charlotte. I was obsessed with those first two albums that they had. Um, the first one is so... I need to listen to the first one again because I literally, right before we started, I was playing a song from that first Good Charlotte album called The Click that I for- completely forgot about. Ooh. And I was mm-hmm. like, I need to listen to that album again. 
But like, if you listen to some of that stuff now, it is incredibly soft. Like, it is the most the quote unquote pop punk shit that's coming out now. Like, the Olivia Rodrigo album puts this good Charlotte yeah. shit to shame. But like at the time, it was like, oh my god, this is just hitting hard. Like, this is the rebellion teen anthem that we need. It, it was it was pop music, but they had like black hair and eyeliner and baggy yeah. pants, so we were like punk. Yeah. Um, but that, but, but I kind of feel like some 41 was a little bit of a, of an exception to that because they were a pretty hard band, yeah, like they, fat lip and into deep were kind of like their, um, mm-hmm. what's that first sugar Ray song fly. I don't know if you guys do this. Yeah. Sugar Ray started fly as like and- a hardcore sugar, fly was the one song on a hardcore album by sugar Ray. Yeah. And once it got so popular, they just switched to becoming a pop band after that. Yeah. They were like, I guess, I guess this is our vibe. We, we had that sugar Ray album and only listened to fly. My dad just like like that was channel. Answer like answer the phone on that album. No, answer the phone's on their third album. Huh? Yeah, answer the phone's my favorite Sugar Ray song though. I love that song. That's a good song. It's a great song. Um, but like those two songs by Sum Forty One are kind of like their lightest, most accessible songs, and the rest of that album goes pretty hard. And they have a song called Pain for Pleasure, that's just like oh. straight just guitar like heavy guitar riffs like almost like metal like dragon force almost and they name drop satan in that song oh yeah satan is his name they yeah it's like a satan worship song and that, but that after- song yeah well there were just levels because i felt like some 41 was kind of hovering on we are still palatable to the mainstream or we have a few songs that do i feel like uh, blink 182 hit the perfect balance between like this is yeah. awesome music that we love but they seemed like kind of genuine with Good Charlotte, it was like, okay, they're making pop music, but they have, like, punk looks about them. And then from there, it was like Fall Out Boy was even more down that route. But it, it, it and then the coolest thing is, well, I don't know if it's cool, but when Derek Wibley and Avril Lavigne got married. Oh, yeah. Oh. Imagine like, punk rock heaven. I um, Exactly. By the way, I, I just want to cut in briefly. Ryan and I have been talking about this, but I want to unofficially, or no, I want to officially, I want to say we dedicate this episode to just this amazing period in our lives and this amazing, you know, period for music in general to our boy Mark Hoppus, who is currently oh, going through um, chemotherapy. Yeah, um, the picture he posted this weekend was very sad. Yeah, it was it was sad. But we, if we know anything about Mark, we know that he literally does not stop. So I'm. So, I know he's going to be great. Since we're here, Dylan, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off and just I'm going to jump back into my countdown. I'll let you go Do two it. in a row because Blink 182 is obviously Blink 182 is my favorite band of all time. They're the band oh, I know yeah. the most about. They're the band I listen to the most in my life. I know every word to every song they've ever made. I still love them with Matt Skiba. Mark Hoppus in particular is like my guy. He's the guy that I have always been like the most like I see myself in. Um, yeah. There's a reason they're my favorite band. It's a whole thing. But I specifically, I could talk about Blink, we could talk about Blink-22 as a whole separate podcast, but I specifically wanted to, since we're in this era, this was peak Blink, obviously, but I wanted to give a shout out to The Rock Show as a song, but also as a music video, because, oh, yes. God, mm-hmm. it's my favorite Blink music video. It's one of my top three, probably, favorite Blink-182 songs, mm-hmm. um, and it was one of those that world premiered on MTV at the peak of, like, Blink-182 mania and like immediately shot up the countdown right afterwards which again is kind of incestuous that they would premiere these videos and then obviously they would get placed highly on the countdown but it's a perfect um, plan. Payola! Yeah it really is uh, but that the Rock Show video for, it's such an underrated song like, I don't know that many people who really love that song like everyone has their own kind of pick and choose Blink songs but the Rock Show is such a great song it's like a summer anthem um, it's what they open a lot of their shows with now mm-hmm. And the music video was the original. What was the Drake video a couple years ago where he was just walking around giving people God's money? Plan. 
God's plan. No, uh, or was it start from the bottom? That was God's plan. You're right. The the Blink One Eight Two did it first, where they got mm-hmm. a check for like I think it was like a hundred thousand dollars or hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they just went and got straight cash and drove around town and gave it to people. They also shaved mm-hmm. a woman's head. They paid her to let them shave her head, um, and they like bought a van. They dropped it off of a crane, and it was just them doing dumb shit with a lot of money. And it's just such a great video. It's so funny, and I love that song. I still remember that song was what would play a snippet of that song would play right before, like before they released take off your pants and jacket, when you got on their website and you loaded it up, you know how the websites would have like a a teaser for whatever they had coming out next. They would always play the intro to the rock show. And I remember right when Mark started singing, it's, you know, hanging out behind the, and then it would stop. It fade away. And I was just like, I want more. I need to hear more. Uh-huh. But dude, I love that video. And my favorite video from that album, which I would have included it in my list, but I was constrained You're going to say time. first date? First date was so good, dude. Yeah. yeah. And Boomer. You'll, you'll, you'll kind of sense a theme in, in, in my list that I'm a big fan of those cinematic kind of music videos where they're just outrageous. And I think that comes from, and this kind of dovetails, I think, into this MTV stuff. I uh, I remember growing up, I always used to love those like eight to twelve minute Michael Jackson music videos that were actually like miniature movies. I like, adore storyline music videos. They're my all time favorite. Did you know that I didn't realize this until like last month? Stephen King co-wrote one of the stories behind a Michael Jackson video, the one for uh, for Ghosts where Michael Jackson plays like it was supposed to be his follow up to Thriller but it's like this whole narrative about like the freak in town who the the, the straight-laced mayor who's also played by Michael Jackson wants him to get out of town and everyone in the comments is like he's so brave to do this and respond to all these allegations which doesn't really age well but um but kind of <laughs> in that tradition a lot of the music videos that I picked kind of had that same narrative and I'm just going to go straight down my list. This is in no specific order, but since I'm doing two in a row, I'm going to do a blink one as well. The blink Hell one yeah. isn't as much of a narrative, but, um, but the narrative one I want to talk about is the third of three just amazing videos that came out from my chemical romance during oh. their, um, three cheers for my sweet revenge era. Wait, what was the third? Was it Helena? Uh, so it started out with, I'm not okay. Uh-huh. And then uh, Helena. And then the third one, which was like their magnum opus video from that album, was Ghost of You. You. Yeah. That's the the war video, right? Yeah. So this video, it was one of the ones that I saw premiered on on TRL, if if I remember it correctly. But like this video was so insane that I actually bought it on iTunes because you used to be able to do that. And it's basically like a miniature movie of... um, Jared Way going to war and fighting in World War II. And there's one shot specifically from this video. It's a great song to begin with, but there's one shot from this video that was just gorgeous, like too gorgeous for a music video, where they have a camera facing above a dance floor where all of the soldiers who are about to go off uh, to fight in D-Day are dancing with their broads. And as they're spinning around, their body slowly morphs into a pylon on the beach And then waves come and crash into their bodies and they completely turn into a pylon. And then it just switches scenes from the dance floor to the battlefield. And like, I'm getting chills right now, like not even joking. It's insane how much tension, time and money was put into a video for a pop punk band song. And if you haven't watched it, 
I highly recommend Ghost of You, My Chemical Romance. That was MCR's thing. That was like they were, yeah. they were like that band that band that we just talked about, like Blink One Eight Two, Good Charlotte, Sum Forty One, but like taken to the next like insane mm-hmm. theatrical level. Like, and it, they were a little after my like I didn't get that into MCR. Mm. I do really like I'm Not Okay. I promise. Um, oh yeah. But I've seen. I mean, I've I've heard all the songs. I've seen all the videos. And we've done a couple. I've done a couple of emo nights here in Oklahoma City at the Speakeasy. Shout out to Speakeasy. Um, by the way, uh, uh, by the way, July twenty fourth, Ryan Drake dance party, nineties two thousands, um, coming to you at the Speakeasy if anyone's Uh-oh. in Oklahoma City. But I've done Amazing. a couple of emo nights, and anytime I do events at Speakeasy, like music themed nights, I like to play music videos for the first like hour or so, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get people because I don't want to just walk up and start playing. Um, I, I put a lot of thought into the video, like mm-hmm. the sequencing of the videos and like which videos are getting played. And for the last mm-hmm. emo night that we did, we put that video that you just talked about, um, Ghost of You, very, the very last. And I remember watching it just not that like last year and being like, holy shit, this had to have cost so much money. Yeah. It's, it's also like, and for those of you that know me, and I feel like I've talked about this on the show, so you, you probably do, like, it's kind of a surprise to me that I picked this one instead of Welcome to the Black Parade, which is an amazing video. But I feel like there wouldn't be a Welcome to the Black Parade video without the success of the Ghost of You video. And so shout out to Ghost of You. All right, what's your, wanna, what's your other one? Back to back, go. My other one, back to back, is a Blink-182 video that I saw premiered on TRL and it's super important to me. It's the video for Feeling This. Oh, um, oh that's so, a great one, yeah. So the video itself is like super simple. It's almost yeah. kind of like a an into deep fat lip style, you know, they're old like, school they're video. They're like playing on a jail. Yeah, yeah. They're just it's just mm-hmm. them playing tunes. But I remember this video was like super, super, super important to me because this was also the first time that I heard like this is so bad a non pirated version mm-hmm. of Feeling This was on the video. And just as a Blink fan, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm not as 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 aggressively of a fan, aggressive of, as a fan of the, the Ryan is, but like I got Enema of the State in sixth grade, and since then I have just been obsessed. And I remember when their self-titled album came out, it was just so crazy to be a fan to hear that mature shift and see that they're maturing along with the listeners. And I mean, this is this is probably aggressive to say this, but I feel like Ryan won't nab me too hard on it because he might agree. It's 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 what I imagine people who are listening to the Beatles felt like when they switched their sound kind of from boy band to something a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. It's like what uh, what what Dylan fans. Well, they actually didn't like it when he went electric at, at Newport Folk. But it was just so interesting to see that this band that has just been doing fart jokes and blowjob songs is now like, I mean, still doing fart jokes and blowjob songs but they have this weird mature edge like they have an entire song on that album that's that's preceded by an actress reading mark hoppus's grandfather's, grandfather's world, world war, war ii, letters. II letters oh my god wow. it's fucking good and it's like negative time too it's like it's a whole thing but oh, no yeah. d- okay I'm, we're not going to talk about Blink going to this whole time i promise but i will say i i do kind of agree with you about the, the sound switching being reminiscent at least of the, what the beatles did whenever they got weird also are you the one i think you were the one who told me about um or no, it was on, I think it was on Dissect, the podcast, the Yeezus podcast that they're doing that they just finished. Mm-hmm. When he talked about Yeezus was Kanye changing his sound in a way that Dylan did at the Newport Folk Festival. And That's how people so cool. were very turned off by it for at first. Um, but what's insane to me is when I think back about Blink-182 in that era, is that they made Dude Ranch, Enema of the State, you know, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was a little bit of a step up in terms of maturity and production. 
But then if you go back, and I remember vividly going to their website every day to watch the videos of them making that self-titled album. Um, Sorry, the untitled album. Let me be appropriate. Um, (laughs) And they rented a house in San Diego, and it took them a year to make that album. It took them a year and millions of dollars to make that album. Which is absolutely insane when you think about like 2021 times because like now they make an album in two weeks and it doesn't cost nearly as much money and the album is their albums are great but like that album that untitled album is considered Blink 182's like greatest work because it mm-hmm. took it's so meticulous it's so detailed everything yeah. was like handcrafted basically um, and it's just insane the amount of effort I mean it's it's their um, Ghost of You video <laughs> it really is yeah. it really is anyway. Chelsea, back to you. What do you got? All right. Well, you guys knew that we had to hit on this. It's a TRL staple. But I think it's time we talk about NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Perfect. Oh, yes. Um, so there was kind of a rock. Obviously, I don't I mean, now as adults and now they're like, you know, interchanging members. And I guess that they've always been kind of friendly. So the rivalry was kind of just an invented one. Um, did you guys see that video that they did for that special pride performance where it was half in sync, half Backstreet Boys, and you kind of yeah. couldn't tell who was in what group? Yeah, I forgot which yes. one Lance Bass was in when I was watching that video. <laughs> I mean, I feel like NSYNC was always more like the clean cut guys, and then Backstreet Boys were kind of edgier, maybe? Yeah. Backstreet Boys um, always seemed older. They did. They, they were less cute. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I know, I remember as a child seeing, like, obviously you're a kid, you're a guy, and you're a kid. I'm sure Dylan will relate. You see these boy bands and you're just like, obviously these are attractive men. I will never be this. But mm-hmm. there was, <laughs> I mean, it's like a type of guy. It's not even, it's not just like I'll never be hot. It's just like it's a type of person I will never be, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like Kevin Richardson in particular <laughs> drove me insane. I was like, this mm-hmm. guy's a hundred years old. He's not hot at all. Turns out he was like every girl's favorite. Every girl thought he was like the hottest member of Backstreet Boys. Oh my Boys. gosh! Wow, weird. Because he ha- he had like a, a he always wore like a black trench coat. Yeah, uh, the Matrix. He was kind of like a a dark figure. Like I don't know. Well, and what's really crazy is I never knew this. I guess I just didn't pay very much attention during the music videos, or maybe they didn't uh, focus on him on purpose because he wasn't like the prettiest one. But AJ carried the yes. vocals. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, every yeah. beautiful run and high note was all AJ. And Howie did next to nothing. Yeah, Howie was useless. So like, yeah. I mean, if, if, I feel like if there's a useless member of the band, you at least need to get a hot guy. And they kind of failed there. Um, Howie was just right place, right time. Yeah, like they just like needed a warm body. So I, and I, I'm, go ahead. I'm trying to figure out how that balance worked in um, in sync. Because I I don't know like was Chris Kirkpatrick like a really good singer like what was going on there? I mean, the NSYNC was truly the Justin Timberlake show. Like yeah. I feel like yeah, they the were backup all. Band. Yeah. I mean, Lance Lance dated um, Topanga in real life. I knew that. Um, Danielle Fischel. Um, oh, oh no! Before he came out. Yeah. Well, obviously. Well, obviously. <laughs> they were dumb. like they were both. It was the peak of both of their like stardom. Um, <laughs> wow. 
That's but, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, like, but you can see why that would make sense because she was so wholesome and like he was mm-hmm. very like non-threatening and oh, seemed right, like no, really, it makes, you know. It totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But NSYNC was truly the Justin Timberlake show and the other four guys yeah. were just kind of there. I will say they have some of that. Like Joey Fatone now, by the way, is a host of a game show that my mom watches on the Game Show Network. He's hilarious, dude. He yeah, looks he terrible. has the best personality. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, yeah, he doesn't look great. He had the best personality. I love that he was had a little movie career. He was in like My Big Fat Greek Wedding and I think they were pretty incredible doing um just different i mean obviously their choreography was amazing they all like to dance in that v formation um you know <laughs> the ducks the duck yeah, formation the, the duck the uh, you know bts is still still making it work still doing it oh um, so many memorable videos that they've produced so it was really, really hard to narrow it down. I think if you were talking about just their most famous music video for each of them would be I Want It That Way for Backstreet Boys and then uh, No Strings Attached or Dirty Pop for Sync. I think Bye 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 is think? the biggest NSYNC Oh, Bye Bye Bye, that's true. I, oh, too many, too many bangers. That, that video, though, for It's Gonna Be Me. When they're in the toys. Oh, the toy video? Yeah. That was no, it's so a dope. better video. I think Bye 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 is yeah. their best or their most popular song mm. no okay i have some things to say about this chelsea obviously i do um <laughs> first of all i think that they were i mean obviously they were the two biggest boy bands i think that nsync was a much more successful band but backstreet boys were the better boy band for what boy bands were at yeah. the time i think backstreet boys were definitely the better boy band and yeah. We can also just give a shout out to distant third place, ninety eight degrees. Oh. Um, not even close. Give me just one night. Una, una noche. Una noche. Uh, oh that's, that's why I know how to say one night in Spanish. But like, there was so many like po- like so many boy bands popping up that were just garbage at the time. Like I remember like five. You remember five? Maybe when the lights go out. And light funky ones. <laughs> LFO. Um, LFO. Aren't most of them dead now? Who? LFO? Are the LFO? Boy, all the boy bands? Oh. Yeah, dude, they, they all ate each other. <laughs> I would watch that horror movie. <laughs> um, MTV even made a, t- a TV show of a fake boy band parodying the boy bands in real life that, that gained success as an actual boy band called Together. You plus me oh. equals us. I know my calculus. I was wondering if it was Dream Street because there were some boy bands that they manufactured just for infomercials. I'm also. In, it's, it's, I, it's, I love that you brought up Dream Street. I just very recently learned of Dream Street, like recently within the last it's month. Jesse McCartney's band. It's right? Jesse yeah. McCartney's boy band that I didn't even know. I didn't know Jesse McCartney was in a boy band. Before before we move away from boy bands, I have one thing I just want to say so people look it up and then a question for both of you regarding boy bands. The mm-hmm. thing I want to say is if you haven't watched the music video for Ultimate be your everything by youngstown you need to watch it because it's on the official soundtrack for inspector gadget oh my and God. What it, a has statement. Inspector Ga- it has inspector gadget sounds and scenes from the matthew broderick michelle trachtenberg vehicle i highly <laughs> oh recommend my gosh. it um, that's crazy. That's I, like how I, ludicrous ludicrous is like secret secretly best song is the song he made for austin powers that's like got all the austin powers stuff uh, in it yeah, like, one spot. The, the song the song Aaliyah did for Dr. Doolittle and filmed mm-hmm. in the original Batcave. Yeah. It's like, what is this? But so my my question for you all is, and I have a very aggressive answer, and you probably you all probably do too. Which band out of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC had the better choreography? I think NSYNC, based on the fact yeah. that they turned their dance moves into like kind of basically memes before they were mm-hmm. memes. Like the like the bye 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 dance is iconic. Whether and same with the dirty pop dance. Everyone yeah. knows how to do like the first four things of that dance break. 
Um, yeah, I, they, yeah, yeah. I, I think that they were better dancers. I think Backstreet Boys were better vocalists. Can you believe it? Me and my husband still going strong after almost 10 years, and he is a Backstreet Boys Rolling Stones guy, and I was a Beatles and um, sync girl, but I think he's wow. kind of won me over. I, I think I think I prefer Backstreet Boys now. Well, I, I mean, after after all the Justin Timberlake, Free Britney, Super Bowl stuff, I kind of tend to be more of a Backstreet Boys person now, but like, you just made me wonder, is that going to be the question like that Gen Zers ask their you know, friends in the future, like we say, are Beatles or Stones? Are they going to say Backstreet or NSYNC? I like to think that they will. You know what my favorite, though? You know, there's there's the most popular ones, but my all-time favorite Backstreet Boys video is The Call. Do you guys the remember call? that one? Oh, my God. That was a late era Backstreet wow. Boys, right? Yeah, I loved it. I think it leaned into their kind of more dark and edgy vibe they had going on. Like, they were on the run from someone. They were up to no good. Uh, wow. I loved it, and I loved Incomplete. Also, they ah, oh, so many good songs. You think that's you think that's darker than the video where they're literally vampires and mummies? Okay, I'm okay. This is bleeding incredibly over into my number three, so I'm just gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go Do for it. it. Do it. Number go three. for it. Backstreet Boys, the best boy band of the era. I picked one song in particular. I mean, everybody is the anthem. Like everybody is the one that I play at my dance parties, and people lose their mm-hmm. shit. It's such a good oh, song. Yeah. It's a great video too. Like oh yeah, it was so ahead of its time. But for me. And the one that I just would play on repeat as a child in my Walkman, I bought Millennium for this. Yup, yes! Was the f- opening Man. track, Larger Than Life. It was such oh, an iconic right. that song. that is the opening track. Yeah, dun, and it's, dun, dun, it's the dun, most dun. upbeat, like, party song. It's, uh, the music video was insane. It was the worst, like, spacey CGI they had at the time. Like, somehow the Everybody video, <laughs> which was years before, looks so much better than the Larger Than Life video. But Larger Than Life was such a goddamn jam. That mm-hmm. song goes so hard, and I feel like it's so underrated as far as boy band songs oh are concerned. Oh, my God. That was the one that has the weird, like, the weird frog sounds. It that wow, 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 And it's got the weird robot, like, dancing in the video. It's got the weird robot dancing in the video. Yes. Like, years before Fox had their weird dancing robot on Fox Sports. Um but it was so that song was just so good and I feel like it's so underrated and in that song in particular stands out to me in that time so I wanted to give a shout out to that one song shout out to Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys it's Larger Than Life I love it alright Dylan what about you what, what do you got next on your roster you know I'm just gonna go down my list and I'm gonna switch it up really quick we've done pop punk we'll go back to it we've done boy bands and I wanna pick out what I think I still love the I love the song. I love the video. I feel like it was number one on TRL a lot. But the video for Hey Ya by Outcast is just as entertaining Great. as the song is. Great choice. I love see, you know how Ryan you're talking about like the songs that you play that just the crowd goes wild for? Mm-hmm. I always think about whenever, you know, you get to the point in the party where everyone's kind of drunk and getting a little hyper and someone just plays a banger and everyone goes crazy. Yeah. Um, the two things I always turn to are either Outcast or Third Eye Blind, and I mean the Outcast. That hey yeah was just joy. Oh my god! There's a reason that like wedding DJs exist, and it is to play hey yeah at every wedding reception because people yeah. lose their mind. Hey yeah and Uptown Funk are like the two songs oh where everyone gosh. everyone will lose their minds when you play them. Oh, don't forget about September. Do you rem- wake wake me up when September ends? Am I right? Uh, 
<laughs> Me and Alex I, will be at a wedding and we'll, he'll be like, no, we can't, I don't want to dance, blah, 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 we're not even drinking tonight. And then September will come on and we're like, okay, I guess we, I guess we got to be good guests. <laughs> I will say since we're, since we're kind of talking about boy bands, I just want to say that um, Timberlake's Don't Stop the Feeling is also that song. Like people will go it is. insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, it's pure joy. I love Do you remember it. what, Dylan? No, I, um, I, I was wondering if Chelsea remembers, I just had this random memory, but like, Hey Ya is good. I also like that acoustic version that that dude put out. And I just remembered, Chelsea, do you remember in, during Sooner Idol, I think it was like our junior or senior year, that Sean Hurt wanted to perform that and he, he let me play guitar for him. I just remembered oh that I played Hey Ya on guitar for Sooner Idol. Was that That's not the same amazing. version that was used in Scrubs that Ted sang? I think it was, dude. It was. Someone on American Idol did it too. It was like Chris Allen or someone. Oh, Chris Allen! I miss you every day. What happened to him? Oh. I know. He's with he, Bo he, did, he did that um, heartless uh, cover that the I guess the Frey yeah. kind of engineered, but I mean, it was everyone's like first time to hear that cover, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is revolutionary!" And don't forget that the so the Vines we're talking about is an OC podcast. The Vines did a cover of Miss Jackson that's like very slow and like emotional. What? That's so good. Ooh. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Outcast. Hey, yeah. Uh, Outcast. Big moment. Chelsea, what do you got? Um. So let's see. We kind of talked about that. I mean, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Miss Britney Spears. Wow. You are. Oh. List, our lists are so exact. I love I, this. Well, Brian, this is this is to be expected. We always have the same feedback when it I comes know. to pop culture stuff. Well, I was. Uh, can I just say I was going to say that like Britney Spears, obviously huge. The maybe the biggest star of that era. Mm-hmm. She came mm-hmm. out swinging with Baby One More Time. Again, July 24th, Ryan Drake Dance Party. We're doing a whole hour of Britney. We're celebrating Britney the way she deserves to be celebrated. Um, huge, huge, mega, mega artist of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot going on with her right now. And I'm going to throw to Chelsea for that in a second. Um, but I was just going to give a shout out to Britney and Stronger in particular. Stronger is my favorite oh, Britney song. Yes. I think oh, it's her so best good. song. The video's fine. It's not her best video. But that song is so fucking good, and I just wanted specifically to shout out that song. So that was like on that was the number four thing I had on my list. Chelsea, would you want to talk about Britney Spears? Um, well, I mean, I feel like if we go down the free Britney rabbit hole, I mean, this <laughs> podcast will never end. Um, but Welcome to Chelsea's I'm conspiracy sure, corner. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys. We don't even have to tell you guys. Obviously, us three super supportive of Britney. What's going? What she's going through right now is so fucked up. Um, it's, it's a good time right now because not only are people kind of aware of Britney and then that, that documentary came out, uh, last year, but also that Roseman Pike movie came out. So I just think that, you know, conservatorships are something that's going to be re-looked at, um, whether people want to or not, which is healthy for society. Um, what's your favorite Britney Brit- song? We've all had a Brit on the mind. Um, favorite, I, this is not her most iconic video, but it's one of my favorites, and it's, it hits especially different now, knowing what she's going through. But I loved Lucky. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, that's I the first it. video that I'm playing. I have, I, I've already have the music video playlist made, and that's the number one video that we're starting with. Um, you know, it, it told it told a story. Uh, you know, she kind of was two different characters within it, which I thought was really cool. Um, I, my heart aches right now because I'm wondering how much of that she truly connected with and felt on the inside. But, um, you know, years later, I so fell in love with You Belong With Me by T-Swift. And I feel like that's kind of similar because she plays two different characters in it and it tells a story also. Uh, so just the, the videos with narratives, I'm, I'm so into. I will just say that, um, 
when I'm making these music video playlists, I try to keep them to an hour. Like I want the hour to be the music videos. Um, Britney was, and I've done a couple of just spotlight artists where we just play one artist. Britney was by far the hardest to cut down on. Like she has so many great, yeah. incredible, iconic videos. I think the playlist, I had to cut like 30 minutes worth of videos from the original like draft. She has so many, her and Rihanna are the only two people I've ever had that problem with. Usually you're trying to find old like videos that aren't that good to fill. Britney and Rihanna are the two that just have made incredible music videos for so long. Even late later mm-hmm. era Britney, when I feel like people like me and Dylan may have fallen off a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you get into like the late aughts, like 2008, 9, 10, Britney was still pumping out incredible music and incredible like the, videos like the circus era that's yeah, kind of when i fell off i think about dance until the world ends dance until the world ends is an amazing song oh my god and work bitch i love that song yeah it's like good pump up stuff she's she's um, she's the goat of the era she is oh and you know speaking of what when we were talking about just like memorable TL, trl moments um they had kind of like a mini award show of course everyone knows the mtv movie awards mtv music video awards but they had one that was just for trl and they gave her like the lady of the screen award or something like that but i remember that episode so clearly because she was wearing this like camel colored cropped sweater you know her abs have always been kind of like her signature but Mm -hmm. there is a snowstorm going on and she's just chilling in her in her crop sweater, not a care in the world. And I thought That's it was awesome. really cool because I think that was one of the first times that I had seen Brittany where she wasn't like specifically there to sit and do a proper interview and she wasn't there to perform. She seemed very, it was a very relaxed thing where her and um, Carson Daly were kind of just bantering with each other. So I remember that was kind of the first glimpse of like Brittany as a human that I got to see. And one of the funniest moments of that is I think Carson Daly asked her, he was like, so what is this about you and Fred Durst dating? And it was like a cloud like arose above her head and she was kind of like, oh, Fred Durst? That That's really weird that he would say that we're dating. I don't really know him very well. We just met one time. Like, so chaotic. I remember Christina Aguilera and Fred Durst. We could talk about Christina too. Christina was kind of the the NSYNC Backstreet Boys. We had Britney and Christina, and mm-hmm. obviously Britney was, I think, kind of the the more iconic artist at the time. But Britney, but Christina also hell of a career. Such a good career. She was a little bit like Backstreet Boys, where she was a bit obviously she was a lot edgier, but her vocals were so much better too. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. She can sing. So that's because Britney's choreography was always like just so iconic. I mean, I. I I still like feel like everyone know, at least remembers portions of the "Oops, I Did It Again" dance, mm. and so boy, just, that video, oh boy, oh. memories. <laughs> oh my gosh, where, where the spaceman comes up and starts talking about Titanic and all that. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. That's such a time of. I keep saying it's a time and place thing, but yeah. it really is. Also, the baby one more time video as a twelve-year-old boy was just an incredible moment in time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it was just her, like, you'd never felt before. The thing, this, this particular, I mean, not like particularly in that, in that way, but like just the the parts of her that the, they don't use in the video very often. But there's a couple of shots of her just sitting on the bleachers, like spinning a basketball. And I was like, that's the coolest anyone has ever looked in their life. Yeah, Olivia yeah. Rodrigo kind of energy at that at that point. Um, yeah, shout out to Brittany. We love her. She's the goat. Brittany was uh, a goat. Then the- Christina and like love Jessica Simpson and Mandy Moore. They've also had great careers into adulthood. I mean, Jessica Simpson is worth a gajillion dollars right now. But oh, um, you know, I- <laughs> don't sorry. <laughs> I do think we would be like I don't this is not on my list, but I just feel like there is since we brought up Eminem, like there was such a huge moment of like. DMX, Ja Rule, like ju- juvenile Eminem, D12, 
uh, yeah, they don't even know the name of my band. Like that was a, such a huge time for hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like that's when hip hop started to become pop music. Like I feel like right now hip hop is pop. Like hip hop mm-hmm. is running pop music more than anything else. And I feel like this started in that era. Oh hell yeah! Are we moving on to to hop uh, hip hop pop? <laughs> what do you hip-hop. want to? You can hip-hop. if you have something you want to say, go for it. Uh, I got a lot to talk about when it comes to that. One of the first big crossovers between hip hop and pop uh, that sticks out in my mind it came out when I was in sixth or seventh grade was uh, Gwen Stefani and Eve singing "Let Me Blow Your Mind." Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Uh, I, Newly I married, so, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, I think it solidified her as the coolest human being ever. Like she wore that visor and the bomber jacket over a bra top, and it's like Eve got to do her thing and rap, and then Gwen came in with an amazing hook. That video was eye candy. Um, I think that was a really, and I think that led to a whole bunch of other kind of uh, cross genre uh, like collaborations. Don't forget, around the same time, Limp Biscuit was making music with Method Man and Red Man, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Limp Biscuit had Wasn't a the, moment. Uh, the Roland <laughs> Air Raid vehicle version that had Method Man and Red Man on it. Yeah. That album, that was kind of like my my spiritual follow up to Devil Without a Cause, and. I, I will still listen to that album. I don't even care. Also, Raging, if we're going to go that, Raging Us Machine was like by far the best band of that era. They just didn't get the respect they deserved then, but they were easily yeah. by far the best of that type of music. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sorry, Chelsea, you want to talk about like hip hop stuff? Oh, I mean, they're just, they're, there came a lot of really cool collaborations after that. Um, some were cross genre, some were just fun collab duets. Um, you know who Kelly was... Rowland and Nelly. Okay, that's exactly like... what I was about to say. Once yeah. again, secretly the big, probably the biggest artist of that entire era was Nelly. Like he uh, had yeah. nothing but hits over and over and over again. Over and over again? <laughs> that he did with a country artist. Tim McGraw. Uh, Tim McGraw. He Incredible. Just ha- every, video he, every video and song he released in a single just exploded. That's the bread and butter of my dance parties is like that era hip hop when it comes to like DMX, R.I.P., oh, Nelly, nice Juvenile, back that ass up, uh, mm-hmm. Paul Wall, no Bubba job, Sparks. but I stay sharp. That was yeah. such a, a banger too. Jag, or, and then Jagged Edge, the where, oh, the, yeah, party Jagged, where the Party At with Nelly. Yeah. Um, such a great, such a great. Oh, and the thong. Don't forget the thong song. God, Cisco was <laughs> running shit all summer that year. 99. Dude, we, we had a girl whenever I was in, I think, elementary school. And for some reason, I will never forget this. We were learning about um, similes and metaphors, and we had to, like, write examples and then read them out loud to class. And this one girl said, I got scared and I ran faster than Busta Rhymes could rap. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I never, I have never stopped thinking about, I think about that (gasps) once a week, and that happened in, like, 1996. Oh, man. That's beautiful. Um have you okay. guys read the uh, Shea Serrano book about, it's like the hip hop yearbook? Yes. Love that book. Fantastic. Recommend yeah, it to everyone. He is, he's is gold. Okay. In the same band, I'm going to do my number five. That was not my number five. I just felt like it deserved a shout out. Uh, my number five artist, which is, I'm shocked that we haven't brought this person up yet. Um, hip hop artist of the time had such a very interesting career from the mid to late nineties into the early two thousands. Does anyone want to guess who I'm talking about? It's not Eminem. Do you talk, is it Ja Rule? No, someone much Hold much on. bigger. Probably one. Mid- of, I would say one of the ten most famous people in the world still today. Puff. Well, when he was Puff Daddy. No. Mr. Worldwide. Jay Z. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Jay Z is a great guess, but no. Hold on, hold on. Give me one more. Um, I mean, still- rapper is, I think, what he was, but I still, it's all very pop, very poppy. Also, oh. midnight started early to mid nineties. Oh my gosh. 
I'm going to scream when you say it. Uh-huh. Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> no. Someone who has two children that are making incredible music right now. Oh, um. Oh, gosh. Just say it. Will Smith. Yes! Oh, one, okay. That's awesome. I just want to say Will Smith started as the Fresh Prince, obviously. That era of Will Smith music when he was the Fresh Prince featuring Jazzy Jeff was its own thing. Oh, yeah. Summertime is a song that yeah. fucking goes at dance parties still. I but, know every single lyric of that song. Every oh single one gosh. from beginning to end. But he started acting and he kind of switched his style up a little bit and became a lot more friend, pop friendly and accessible. And he started making music where he did he doesn't curse. He was the rapper that didn't curse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he Will had, Smith got a cuss in his raps to sell records. He, uh, getting Jiggy With It is a dance floor anthem. Also mm-hmm. played a lot at weddings. Just the two of us. Um, oh, it's like yeah. underrated song people forget about. But then mm-hmm. every, but then all the soundtrack songs that he made, like um, all of the any movie he was in, he was except for Independence Day for some reason. Is, <laughs> he was is, making the song of that soundtrack. Um, my personal favorite. I mean, he had Men in Black, which was huge. The Men in Black song Wild, was huge. Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West is the one. Wild yes! Wild West was such yes! a fucking great song. Um, I am so glad that is not. I was gonna say this might be a hot take, but the Wild Wild West song and music video is better than the Men in Black song and music video. Oh no, that's not a hot take at all. I completely agree. Oh yes. But like Will Smith was really on top of the world. Him and J Lo, I still feel like are the two people, and Puff Daddy to an extent, who have transcended all of the shit and are still like doing incredible yeah. business, Kings music, whatever things. World. Yeah. yeah, like they're all three um, the most famous so- people still. At, at one point, I, I read this, and I wish I could remember where the source was, but I, I guess back in the day, the DJ was the more popular one. Mm-hmm. So Jazzy that's Jeff. why that first um, album it was called I'm the Rapper, He's the DJ, because that was... I, I'm sure I read it in the Shea Serrano book, actually, but they were making the thing where, no, the famous person is the rapper here, and the DJ is a sidekick. So that's kind of where that... <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that Jazzy Jeff, I don't think... I didn't even realize this as someone who follows music as closely as I do. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized because you think of Jazzy Jeff as like, oh, the Will Smith DJ who made these pop songs. He's legitimately viewed as one of the greatest DJs of all time. Like he is technically wow. just one of the goats that just people don't know because they think he's just like the Will Smith guy. But mm-hmm. he is one of the best DJs. And he is the reason that I started DJing and doing dance parties because he, he played awesome. in Tulsa at Center of the Universe Festival. They had mm-hmm. Jazzy Jeff play. They had Jazzy Jeff playing at nighttime on the right in front of Kane's ballroom on the street. He was playing oh. unedited everything. You could oh hear it gosh. for blocks and blocks and blocks. Like he was playing mm-hmm. some real crazy unedited, like modern hip hop shit. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like this dude just gets <laughs> to play whatever he wants to a huge crowd outdoors. And like people who are just trying to eat dinner, like at the next block over, have to yeah. hear this. And like, like that's the fancy just, restaurant. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. Like this is what I want to do. And I start, and I came home and I made a playlist of like what songs, if I could do that, what songs would I play? And then I just started making a DJ set from there. That's incredible. So I, I have a question about so like Macklemore and that Ryan Lewis dude. Like mm-hmm. was that the same model? Like how how was that related? Or was I think it Ryan not? Lewis was a producer. Yeah, they had more of like a uh, a. a, a a Dre Eminem kind of relationship. Yeah. I, I thought it was, it was a little bit weird though. Cause you know, I go to Vegas all the time and on the billboards would not just be Macklemore. It would be Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. And then whenever they went and collected records, it would always be both of them and they would walk the carpet together. So yeah. I don't know, maybe Dr. I mean like I just couldn't see Dr. Dre on the 
uh, he, he like went to performances with him. And like, it's the same way. That it's in the kind of in the same vein as like Mark Ronson. How Mark Ronson will make a song mm-hmm. and then another artist oh. will hop on and do the vocals. Except they, okay. except Ryan Lewis had Macklemore do all the vocals basically. Except like what? Wasn't Ronson? I, well, he did. He did Uptown Funk, didn't he? Yeah, it's up. It's yeah. Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, technically. Yeah. Yeah, and Valerie. He, Mark Ronson is a real one. He's great, and that Miley song, so good. Um, Nothing breaks like a heart. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, those were my five. My five were Kid Rock, Britney Spears, The Rock Show, Larger Than Life, Backstreet Boys, and Will Smith. Um, who else wants to finish out here? Mine's I have two. All, oh, I'll let you go first, Dylan. I was just gonna say I have two more that we can probably knock out of the way because they're similar. Um, in that I saved the two most cinematic music videos from two really great artists from that time uh, for last. And I'll finish off with kind of the magnum opus. But this one, I don't know if it got much like play out of my friend group. But I think one of my all-time favorite music videos, not just of that era, but of all time, is the 30 Seconds to Mars music video for The Kill. The Kill, yeah. Mm. I, um, I For those of you who don't know, I am a ridiculously massive Stephen King fan. I'm like reading the 35th book of his that I've read right now. I have 217 tattooed on my rib cage. Like I love Stephen King. And the whole video is just a take on The Shining. And it doesn't hurt that The Kill is like the best 30 seconds to Mars song. And this is before Jared Leto became the Jared Leto that he is today. This is when he was still kind of somewhat bearable. But the thing that blew my mind about this video this was the first time since like Michael Jackson's music videos where like the premise was serious. And, you know, since Jared Leto's an actor, he was actually like using his Oscar, you know, award winning acting chops in it. And it was just so effective. And I absolutely loved that video. But the magnum opus video for me, it was hard because they had so many bangers during this period of time. But a little less 16 candles a little more touch me by fallout boy mm. is probably is is my number one of my five for a couple of specific reasons first of all it's a whole random narrative that has nothing at all to do with the song it's the whole premise behind this video which is like almost a seven minute music video for a song that's like about three minutes long is like pete wentz is a vampire and somehow patrick has developed some kind of a serum to keep Pete from feeding on the rest of the band, and he helps them hunt other vampires. And the reason I like the video is because at the very end, I think they were on um, Fueled by Ramen at the time, Mm -hmm. was the label they were on. And at the end of the music video, there's this big, like, dance street fight, and all the other Fueled by Ramen artists show up at the end of this video. Travi McCoy? William Beckett? Yeah, William Beck is there. <laughs> Travi McCoy is there. Um, Brendan Urie is there. And at one point, I, th- I can't remember if it's in which video it connects to, but at one point, he calls someone on 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 a, on a cell phone, and you see a shot of the person picking up the cell phone, and then that clip is used in another Fueled by Ramen music video. So it's like creating its own kind of Fueled by Cinematic Ramen music universe. video. Yeah, multiverse <laughs> kind of thing. But as you can tell, those are my five. Um, I have, you know, Ghost of You, uh, Feeling This, Hey Ya, um, those two, and then I had one more that I can't even remember what it is. Perfect. I, you got dad yeah. brain. Yeah, it's the dad brain. I just, I can't remember anything. I feel like I'm going to hate it. Chelsea, um, do you have one more? Um, I I think I have a few more, actually. I'm sorry. Whoa. Chelsea cheated. I'm sorry. I know. 
I know I cheated. I like, it's okay. We, well, I just wanted to make sure we covered all our bases. I didn't want us to be like, hey, you did a whole episode well, on TRL. Point, and you didn't point talk of view, about- you are Chelsea's husband. I know, I yeah. cheated. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, I didn't want us to do a TRL episode and not talk about Eminem or something like that. Uh, do we need to talk? I mean, I just, I've never liked Eminem. I'm not an Eminem fan. I've seen him live. He was fine. I just, do we need to talk about Eminem? Are you guys like big fans? I'm an Eminem fan. I'm an okay. Eminem stan, if, okay. you, if okay. you want to put it like that. The floor one is of, yours. One of the best Eminem moments was when he had some kind of a conversation with Carson Daly and Mark Wahlberg. And he really offended Mark Wahlberg by, he, he said something like, yeah, let's all just hang out here like a big fun bunch. And <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Mark Wahlberg, he, he goes, ha ha ha, and under his breath he mutters, asshole. Wow. Yeah. I think the most iconic Eminem moment was his performance at the VMAs where he had all of the, the other clones. guys dressed like Eminem for his oh, performance of Real Slim Shady. That was iconic. Yeah, I, think, was the, so I think my favorite Eminem moment is when he was in the uh, is it the national championship game with Brent Musburger in the booth and he was so out of it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that was not that you long know, ago. That was like within the last seven years. We'll follow this up soon. Uh, the next uh, uh, bonus we do should be just about like MTV award shows because there were so many oh, yeah. big moments in that. I so th- will not list them right now because that's you what know. the podcast is going to become. Just yeah. the nostalgia cast. I know. It, uh, I'm here for it. Um, okay, so we were talking about Nelly Rowland and uh, Nelly <laughs> Kelly Rowland and Nelly. Um, we we forgot to mention the ultimate meme that came out of that, and that is when Kelly was texting <laughs> Excel him spreadsheet. On the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> One of the most memed moments from a music video ever, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a great oh song, too. Um, Gosh. I loved Ja Rule's uh, collaborations. Ashanti and both, J-Lo. Yeah, Ashanti and J-Lo. Ilo, really, really cool. Lady. Um, in, in Hamilton's, whenever... Uh, uh, Lynn is talking about kind of his inspiration for the different songs. He was talking about how, like, in Helpless, it, a lot of that kind of back and forth and, you know, as long as I'm alive, he said that he based off of uh, John Rule's style. So I thought that was kind of cool. I feel like every day they had, they were contractually obligated on MTV to play the I'm Real music video. I feel like they had to play it multiple times every day. I still know most of the words to that, and I look like the piccolo in the background. I don't think it's a piccolo. <laughs> but the Piccolo the instrument, not the Dragon Ball Z character. Also, uh, he may, so have, he may have been there. A, she wore a pink velour sweatsuit with hoops, and oh, yeah. that launched Juicy, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we're just going to shout out some moments. Shout out to uh, Mariah Carey and the ice cream uh, the ice cream thing that she did on TRL, where she brought all the ice cream, and she was also kind of out of it, being very <laughs> flirty, promoting um, that terrible movie that she did. Glitter. 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 Um, one of the very first videos that I remember, like, just being conscious of as a music video was um, Izzo Hova by Jay-Z. And I oh, tried to look oh up- my God. Yeah, you just, triggered, you just triggered my brain. We needed to, like, this was the beginning of Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like, this was Destiny's Child. This was Beyonce. Like, she's another one of those people that has transcended mm-hmm. everything and become just massive. Yeah, there's no way we can't talk about them, too, on this kind of, sh- like, if we're going back to TRL. But um, I actually tried to look up the Hova music video, and I couldn't find it on YouTube. The only versions on YouTube are, like, the ones intercut with other stuff, and, like, the, the it's on, in a different key. Did he but make a I, music it, video? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. yeah, I made it. Um, and I remember it I remember it really distinctly because one of the scenes that was intercut throughout was, like, an, an Asian guy dancing in a grocery store. 
And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I'm Chinese. I've never seen Chinese people in a music video before. This is a big moment for my people. Aw, that's cool. <laughs> that's how um, I felt whenever they did Rich Girl. Because I was like, oh, this is Fiddler on the Roof and I'm Jewish. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> that blew my mind when I learned that that was, that, that was based on Fiddler. Like, that blew my mind. It yeah, still does. Um, but, but you know, Eve was great. Remember that song, um, Who's That Girl? But also Eve <laughs> and Pink occupy the same space in my brain from that era because when Pink started, another artist that's completely Pink transcended is such all a that, goat. Pink oh. started as a rapper. Like, do you remember her early stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, there You Go was the song where she was literally had pink hair. And she was a rapper. And she really, really switched her style up as time went on. You just made me think about Lil' Kim. And when she was like Ooh. the most controversial person ever, and now we out. have, yeah, and oh, now yeah. it's like, you know, the WAP music video, and it just makes yeah. me think like, how far man, we've come, we've come so far. I would like to quickly, very quickly, because we've already gone so long on this. I would like to very quickly. <laughs> I want to pivot a little Did bit more to MTV, <laughs> to MTV shows, specifically their animated shows, because the animated shows of that era were incredible. There was, um, I don't know, I'm sure Dylan remembers more of these, but like Three South, Cologne High, Undergrads, mm. which had that good Charlotte theme song. Mm. Three South had Fight Test by the Flaming Lips as a theme song. Um, but for me, the number one shit, like one of my favorite shows of all time, I'm not kidding, was Daria. I love Daria. Daria is so yeah. good. And I can't remember if it was this era, but you know, the, the OG, of course, is Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. That show launched, that's like the show that launched a thousand ships for me. But dude, I cannot fail to mention the greatest TV show in the history of television, Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, my God. Yes. I forgot. As a pro wrestling fan of that time, seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin on another thing was, like, such a huge deal to me. Dude, I I remember that, like, it was right around the time Titanic came out. Leonardo DiCaprio fought, I think, Devin Sawa, maybe? And just got obliterated. And I remember I was sad because I really liked him in Titanic. I had a, I was really invested in that show, and apparently it's like making a comeback, and they're gonna do like new seasons or I think something. Everything which... is making a comeback. Apparently, Gossip Girl came out today. Yeah, I need to watch that. I have, you know what, Dylan? You know what I just realized? You are the Nick Diamond to my Johnny Gomez, <laughs> and I'm Nick Diamond. <laughs> um, I'm Johnny Gomez. And then, of course, we have the the reality shows that I think we've talked a lot about. There mm-hmm. was um, like Next and Room Raiders and Date My Mom and Boiling Point was the show where. They had to like oh. keep doing increasingly <laughs> insane shit to try and get the other person to leave the date. Um, mm-hmm. But the one that I forgot and I thought was the same as next, but it was a different show, was Dismissed. Dismissed Ooh. was the show where they went on two-on-one dates before The Bachelor did it. Two-on-one yeah. dates, and it, by the end of the date, the girl would look at one of the guys, or the guy would look at one of the girls and go, you're dismissed. And then they wow. would go on with the one other person. See, I liked Dismissed more than, I liked Dismissed more than Next. And I liked Room Raiders better than either of them. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, and then they had the actual, not the reality competition shows, but the actual reality shows like Newlyweds. Um, they had the Ashley Di- Simpson show. Dude, Ashley Simpson show. I got hardcore into Ashley Simpson, dude. I thought dude, you were L- going to say I got hard and stopped there. <laughs> oh, no. no, dude. L-O-V-E was my, I fucking love that song. La- I remember when Lala came out. I feel Lala. like. My sister loved that song, I feel like, because it made people mad. But, like, this is so stupid. And I don't think it's stupid because it's stupid in a way that we all like stupid stuff. But, like, every once in a while when I wake up, like, really early and, like, get something done, like, if I go to, like, the gym or something really early, I'll remember that stupid lyric from Autobiography where she says, I've walked 
for miles and miles while everyone was asleep. And I'm like, I'm awake at 4.30 in the morning thinking about an Ashley Simpson song. That's, That's right. what MTV has done to like our entire generation. So I'm generally thanks. also awake at 4.30 in the morning, but for different reasons. I know we text. Because I'm on cocaine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I want to quickly give another shout out. I'm just, you guys just stop me if you want to talk about any of these shows. They had a show called Rich Girls, which ran for one season. Yeah. And it was peak MTV. It was just like models in Miami trying to like like get jobs or something like it was basically just models in miami and it was amazing it only lasted one season terrible ratings which is the one ali ali hilfiger was in which one was that yes it was ali sorry it was ali hilfiger that was rich girls yeah which show was the one i think it was next where they're given the choice to take no where they're given the choice to either go on a second date or take the money Oh my God! What was that? That's, I just that just when you said go on a second date or take the money, it just unlocked. Yeah, what a, is that? Yeah. Like, I don't remember. I'm googling it right now. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Oh I just, no, because I I watch I watched that show a lot, and I was always like, why don't they take the money and then just like call them later that day? No, I thought the same thing. It's like <laughs> what you do is you whisper to them like, hey, I'm just gonna take the money, and then let's go on a date using the money. But no, everyone's like, I'm sorry, I gotta look out for me, and then they like walked off waddled off it was next <laughs> next was it the w- show where they would go on the dare oh, to take next. the money Inter- oh my god whenever i think of next all i think about is them getting off the bus saying i'm dylan i'm 19 i'm deathly afraid of lint like things like that yeah no i think it was the guys like if the guy came off the bus he was the one that would give had the option to take the money or go yeah. on a second date, I think. God, I need to. I can't believe we don't know this. Uh, also, shout out to the original dating show, Singled Out. Chris Hardwick oh, and yeah. Jenny McCarthy got their start on that show. Chris, Chris oh, Hardwick no way. with uh, Chris Hardwick had the uh, the the whatever hair, the uh, the the water buffalo hair, was straight yeah. down the middle. Oh yeah. Okay, I want to say a shout out. I have one more thing. I just want to shout out you guys. If you have more, we can talk about more. This was a show that actually I don't think I ever really watched, but Harold sent it to me not that long ago, mm-hmm. and I did a deep dive, and it was on MTV Two. And I was like, holy shit. And I went back and watched a lot of these videos. MTV2 had a show called Video Mods. Dylan, do you remember this? Ooh, no. Was it like pop-up video? No. Um, oh, my God. We didn't even get to like Say What Karaoke, which I also loved that show. Yes. Kid Rock was a judge on that show a lot, especially Spring Break Ooh. versions. Anyway, um, no. So in 2004 and five, MTV2 partnered with like video game companies, like Electronic Arts. And they would let their... They would re- they would make new music videos for existing songs using their video game characters. Oh, like oh, he he sent me a video from this of Star Wars characters doing like Weezer or something like that. Yeah, and they did for like two or three seasons. They just made these music videos using what was basically like machinima, like mid two thousands technology, and just the roster of videos that they made. Like I'm looking at the list. Beastie Boys, Yellow Card, Blink-182, My Chemical Romance, Hoobastank, Yin Yang Twins, Lil Jon, The Darkness, Evanescence, Black Eyed Peas. It goes on and on and on and on. They remade, They didn't remake the videos. They just made new videos using these like 3D weird art video game characters from their actual video games. Anakin Skywalker singing Franz Ferdinand's Take Me Out is yeah. the one that he sent me. Like that was a show on MTV2 for like two years. Oh my gosh, dude. You know what I should have done in preparation for this is I should have watched the real music video for all of the kids bop songs on the album I was on. I messed up. <laughs> Wait, Wait, were you on you more on than kids one? Bop? Were you on more than no, one video? No, I was just on four. Wait, you were just in the commercial. Yeah, yes. yeah. You weren't but in the they video. do make they do make music videos for kids bop also. I just wasn't. Wait, in they them. do? Mm-hmm. 
Not for I, every song. Just there, it's like whenever you get the CD, you could like pop it into your CD-ROM and Dylan, you could see like three videos. Dylan, when you have a kid, they're going to be Kids Bop Kids, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. They're born Kids Bop Kids. It's only time that turns them into disenchanted adults. Sure. I, I got. I got to say, I would be remiss if I did not mention... A series of music videos, but most likely a vibe that I that I think that this group will appreciate. The Evanescence run oh, of yeah. videos that took place during this time. Specifically, I am thinking about, one, how the drop, the guitar drop in the chorus for Going Under is still the hardest drop oh of any God. song I forgot I've ever song. heard. <laughs> Like I watched a video of one of the Wahlberg brothers like rocking out to it seriously. Like it was on a cringe website. But then mm-hmm. as I was listening to it, I was like, "Dude, this song goes so hard." Yeah. Because like they had they had that they had "Bring Me Back to Life" that had scenes from Daredevil in it, which was so dope. And then they ended kind of this era that I was looking at with um, "Call Me When You're Sober," which was so good. I also have like like mad respect for for Amy Lee. She. Mm-hmm. She cannot be touched. I like Leslie loves her. I love how she's a classically trained pianist and vocalist. Yeah, the piano like, is oh what hooked me. I mean, if if they took out that guy in Going Under who was like back in the dark, like that, if they took that part out, it would be a perfect song to this day. I mean, it still is. Okay, Chelsea, I swear I'm going to throw it back to you in a minute. I just want to shout out a couple more TV shows. The beginning oh, of like nice. the beginning of modern reality television obviously started with MTV in the real world, but celeb reality started with the Osbournes, and that was on MTV. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, either way, MTV did both. I mean, the real world obviously started way before this era, but like still an iconic show. I still watch The Challenge every season. It's my favorite reality show. I talked about Rich Girls as just a show about literally rich girls. My super sweet 16, do you remember this? Oh, uh, of course. Oh I my god, Super so Sweet much. 16 was so a great, great shit. Um, as a comedy person, I fucking loved the Tom Green show. Yes! Dude, yes. I was obsessed with the Tom Green show. It was so good. It was the precursor to Jackass, which is its own thing. Excuse me, I feel like we're going to have, have another show where we just talk about Catfish and um, Bams. What, what was it called? What was Viva Bam's La Bam. Called? Viva La Bam and Jackass. Wild Boys. Viva yeah. La Bam. Oh my gosh. But like but Tom Green was the precursor to all that stuff. Anyway, I'm done. Jersey I swear, Shore I promise. Too. I promise, I'm done talking about MTV stuff now. If you guys have anything else you want to say, now's your now's your moment. Um, I started listening to a podcast. Just I think I was like finding free Britney content. I think it's called Let's Talk About the 2000s or something. And they did a whole episode on Jersey Shore, and I loved it because again, that came. It's such a fun time in our lives. You know, when we were all in college and partying, and the show was all about partying and happened on thursdays the first season of jersey shore is perfect it's the greatest season of reality television i've ever seen completely agree we'll have we'll do an episode just on that yeah if we don't stop we will literally talk about this i feel like chelsea could go forever chelsea you have anything else i feel like there's there's so many things in that big big brain ears oh we'll save it for dry powder we'll do an episode all about catfish one day i think we covered all of the important music moments maybe we'll do another one of more like obscure Obscure the least, videos. The that least we just important loved. music moments. Oh, hell yeah, yeah dude. The least. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm here for it. You know, just like random ones that stuck out to you for whatever reason. I guess kind of the ones I talked about earlier, like the alien ant farm, for some reason was impressionable on me. <laughs> no, I love that. Or maybe we can talk about ones like post um, when we graduated high school. Uh, I loved Party Rock Anthem. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
That's probably one of my favorite music videos of all time. And I especially like it because they mention it during the uh, Jody Arias's trial for murder. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure I will happily talk about that. But as long as it's a judgment free zone where I admit that I unironically enjoyed 303 for a be- like brief period of time in my I life. Like 303. You know, they're kind of back now. They're trying to be back. They're not. They are? They're trying. They made new music. Also, they're on the remix of Rebecca Black's Friday that came out a couple months ago, and it's fucking terrible. Oh, I love it. I'm a person that believes music is objective, and you can listen and like whatever you like. That remix that Rebecca Black made of Friday a couple months ago is legitimately garbage. Well, I'm going to go listen to my amazing Corey Feldman CDs, and, you know, it'll it'll be great. I have so much to say about the two Corys. It's a whole other uh, opening that you just you just started. Shout but we'll save for another boys. day. <laughs> no, I was gonna say we didn't forget about just in case anyone's listening who's like if I was listening to this I'd be furious if I didn't know that we on on the actual OC podcast we talked a lot about um, like making the band and made and true life like those are all shows that we've talked about we don't need to get into them again but we didn't forget we did we remember those shows as well yeah mm-hmm. uh, all right do we have anything else we want to talk about you guys are we are we good we've been going for a while. I think, I think we're good. Watch. We got we got some OC to watch. We got some dry powder for future bonus episodes. Well, let's leave everyone on a high note. Perfect. We'll see you on August 18th. If not before, I honestly don't know if we'll see you before or not. But we will definitely <laughs> see you on August 18th um, for a brand new episode of Keeping Up with the Coens. We'll be beginning season three. So you have well over a month to watch the first two episodes of season three of the OC the worst season of the OC in my opinion and I think your opinions as well Um, but we'll see you then see you guys say goodbye Dylan goodbye Dylan goodbye Dylan